Hi friends, welcome to the Artist's Blend. Today we're talking about Rudolf Laban and the movement of theater. So grab your mug and let's get talking. Um, well, hello. Hello. Uh, today we're talking about Dolphy, old old Dolph Rudolph Laban. Um, before we do, let's talk about the coffee. Yes. So I've told you, Austin, that this is a coffee that I've wanted to try for a while, um, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts as well as mine at the end of the episode. Yes. Um, but uh, to give a little taste, mm. so this is from Onyx mm. Coffee. That's O N Y X. Uh, I got it from um, the Glass Knife, which is a little like brunch spot in um, the Orlando area. Nice, but this is uh, Onyx Super Brew. It's a limited edition coffee brought in collaboration with Joan, featuring American pop artist duo and fellow Arkansas natives Stephen Rutherford and Alan Benjamin Thomas. Nice. Um, it says feel good synths and sounds resonate perfectly with this coffee that combines delicate. Sweet floral honey with juicy plum and bright berry notes that match the vibrant tunes from songs by Joan. Yeah. Check out their latest album release, Super Glue. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. But um, yeah, it's it's from Ethiopia. Yeah. It's a uh, natural process. It was washed, elevation 1,900 meters. And the, the tasting notes are plum, floral honey, stone fruit, and mixed berries. Nice. And I'm super excited about this one. I know. Um. Sounds and good. And we'll talk about it at the end. I know. And we've I, got another Onyx one coming up soon as well. Yes. I have to admit, when you said Super Brew, all I could think of is like, honey, where's my Super Brew? Super Brew? <laughs> <laughs> where's my Super Brew? <laughs> For real. I will be asking that question forever now. Yes. <laughs> this episode and the next one, depending on when they come out, which I think we know, but... um. It'll be, this episode is sort of me presenting a thing, and then Austin is mm. going to present a thing in the next episode, so. Yes, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that. I'm I am really excited. Um, I don't want to say what it is yet, but it, yeah, it's going to be so good. Um, okay, so today we're talking about Rudolf Laban. So he was born in Hungary in 1879, mm. which now is Slovakia, Um he was born into a military family. He was historically he's been known as the father of European modern dance mm. because of the, the the things that he did for the dance world. Um, but also some of his ideas and theories have found their way into um, American theater yeah. as well. So not just for dance specifically, but also for actors um, to find physicality. Mm. Yeah. So Rudolf Laban is he's done a lot of things for the world of the arts. Um, he's been called a visionary, a humanist, a teacher, a theoretician. Um, his the, the Laban Institute website says that his revolutionary ideas bridged the gap between performing arts and science. Hmm. Um, and there's a quote from James Davidson, who um, was writing something for the Daily Telegraph in London in 2001. This is his quote, which I think encapsulates Laban really well. Yep. Laban is movement's greatest map maker. Ha, uh, Hodgkin, ha, Hodgkin, yes. Hodgkin compares him to Stravinsky, Picasso, and Stanislavski, and it wouldn't surprise me if he turned out to be more significant than all of these. Mm. So obviously we're setting out this uh, really, <laughs> we're building a really big shoe, yep. and we're about to see how he fills it. <laughs> um, but truly, I think a map maker is a really great way um, to categorize Laban, mm -hmm. which 
we'll sort of explain in a second. But there's two things that um, I want to kind of walk through for Laban. Mm. Um, the second of which is probably more familiar to most actors. Um, it's the eight efforts, mm-hmm. Laban's eight efforts. And the other one, though, that I just want to touch on for a second is Laban notation. Have you heard of Laban notation? I haven't. In in knowing what I know, I don't know about this. Yeah. So you know, like how in um, like maybe like mystery books or something, as a kid, you'd have like for like mysteries for young adults, there'd be like secret codes, and like an upside down triangle yeah. would mean. A, and then there's a dot, which means B, mm-hmm. and so on, and you have to figure out codes. Mm. So picture there's like this graph or table, I guess, mm. and it's filled with um, sin, uh, like vertical rectangles, mm. some of which are filled in, some of which are not, some have dashes in them, some of them have dots in them, um, and some of them have little notches taken out of them. So just all forms of rectangles and different ways to shade them in mm. or not to. Yes. This is Laba notation for movement. And so, for example, a forward movement is an upward rectangle with a notch taken out of the right, uh, the top right corner with a dot in the middle. That means forward. Mm. And then side is a triangle pointing to the right with a dot in the middle. Backward is the same one as forward, but upside down. So the notch is taken out of the bottom right. And then a low movement is a filled-in rectangle. Middle movement is a dot. And then a high movement is um, a rectangle that's filled in by horizontal lines. And so then you get into, um, then you get into like, okay, I'm going right forward. And I'm going right forward low. And I'm going left forward normal. And and there's all sorts of different ways to combine all of this stuff. And it winds up looking like a piece of abstract art because you have all these random shapes grouped together. And it's, Fascinating. But this is why they were talking about like science meeting the arts. So he's categorizing and for the first time putting into a, a quantifiable language for something that was only an abstract concept as uh, movement being. Yeah. Um, movement's not really the abstract concept, but as far as notating it, that was never something that people could come up with a system for. So that's yeah. what he did. He came up with a system for notating movement. Is it the most efficient thing? No. Is it used by everybody everywhere all the time? Absolutely not. I hadn't heard of it until I was looking into Laban. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have. So you said you hadn't heard of this either. I hadn't. No, but it, the puzzle solving brain part of my brain is going crazy. But also, I'm flabbergasted at trying to wrap my head around all these different symbols. When yeah. For me, it would be like walk forward. Like <laughs> that yes. would be faster to write than to draw this this diagram or have it pictured. But that's fascinating still. Yes. So um, there's like a a picture, for example, of um, like a, a silhouette of a ballerina doing an arabesque allongé mm-hmm. or allongé maybe. Um, oh. I, I only did ballet one. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> doing an arabesque, a beautiful arabesque. And um, then next to it, it shows the breakdown of how to notate that. The plié relevé sequence into a jeté jump into the arabesque is is what it looks like I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Um, But it breaks down through his movement how you achieve each of those things. And so, granted, like one one jump would be very complicated to notate as I'm looking at at this, which is probably why it was never um, formally indoctrinated into um, everybody's everybody's choreography methods, but. The fact that that this was a concept that he was able to fully flesh out and utilize that's a, astounding. I just sent you a photo of like a pe- uh, a phrase of dance. Okay. So what you're seeing 
is like, and actually we'll put this on our Instagram too. Um, but this is a chart. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this is like each, each big rectangle that you yeah. see is like a, a section or a movement. And then okay. all of the little rectangles, like you see the triangles and the rectangles with notches in them. Those are each like uh, a movement. Wow. So either a move forward or whatever. And like, depending on where it is, is like, this is your arm or this is your <laughs> leg or whatever. That's um, crazy. Yeah. So it looks like a madman scribbling. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are listening, when you see this picture on the Instagram, if you turn your head sideways, it almost looks like sheet music. And that's easier for me oh to my break gosh. down break yes. down the bars into different movements. And it literally Absolutely. looks like an orchestral sheet. It's, it's crazy. It's like, also, earlier I said it looks like scribbles. It doesn't look like scribbles. It's like, yeah. um, it's like somebody was drafting a building mm-hmm. and, and they didn't understand apart. how to draft. And they were just making a bunch of lines that look gorgeous and intricate, but didn't have anything to do with the building. I love it. That's what it looks like to me. There's also there's also phrase marks. That's crazy. Like with yeah. music, to I mean, you think about it and it, within dance as a phrase, but you don't think about writing it. Yeah, that's really and actually cool. looking through photos. I I did see a photo of someone taking um, uh, this lava notation and putting it into sheet music format. Yeah. Um, and so like I'm looking at someone sketching out their movements but it's on lined um a lined copy paper really so like somebody printed it out as if they were going to write sheet music on it but instead they they wrote movement on it could you imagine okay today we're going to be playing this 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 isn't music sight reading lava notation (laughs) (laughs) you're like okay um we're gonna be sight reading today and you're like okay cool okay great my my takadimis are ready in my brain it's gonna be great i'm gonna sight read and then it's movement and you're like wait what the one person in the room of a hundred people would be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's Lava Notation, which is incredible already. Um, now we will go into um, something that is probably more recognizable and much more easily put into the toolbox, mm. which is the eight efforts. This is something that I love. Yes. Um, I, I, we both learned this in college um, with the lovely Becky Baker. Yeah. And this is something that I've gone on to teach. This is like my go-to workshop for like high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that is super fun because it is so accessible no matter where you are um, in your studies or your, your journey in your artistry. Yeah. Um, it's really accessible. And I have a little slideshow that I, I always use that has SpongeBob GIFs yes. as examples for each of the things because SpongeBob <laughs> always has different ways to move his body. And so anyway, um, if you want me to come teach a workshop, let me know. I'll bring my SpongeBob <laughs> slideshow. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Aus- and Austin will come and, and we'll both bring coffee too. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> In-person Laban movement with coffee and SpongeBob. Sounds exactly. Amazing. Put that on a t-shirt. We're ready. All of our favorite things. So, the eight efforts or methods, we, he calls them efforts, um, but I'm just going to read through really quickly, and then we'll talk about how it all works. So, the eight efforts are punch, press, slash, ring, dab, glide, flick, and float. Mm-hmm. And these are the eight uh, ways in which you can move your body. Or if I were to effort my arm <laughs> to pick something up, I could punch it there, I could press it there, I could slash it there, I could ring it, dab it, glide it, flick it, float it, whatever. There's different ways that I can effort my arm to do something. Um, now, before we break into those, his his other uh, other axis on this idea of efforts is for the four components. Hey. So each of the efforts is created by a different combination of components. So let's just break down the four components 
The first one is space. Space, not like star, planet, space, but the idea of of matter existing within a confined space. So mm. space can either be direct or indirect. <laughs> if I go from point A to point B, I can go direct, and it's like one straight line with an arrow on it. That is a direct. Or I can go indirect and go over to point B and then circle my way around to D and kind of slide back by A and then land at B. Yeah. That would be indirect space. So yes, direct and indirect, those are the options for the first component, which is space. And then you have weight, which is much easier to comprehend. Heavy or light? Mm. Two is it heavy or is it light? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was pretty simple. So we have space and we have weight. Those are two of the four components. So imagine now maybe I'm uh, directly moving something that's heavy or I could be lightly moving something indirectly. Mm-hmm. So that's a little taste of where we're headed. Hey. So now the third component of the four is time. Quick or sustained. We mm-hmm. don't say slow because slow could also kind of look heavy. It mm-hmm. could be different things. But the the time that it takes up is sustained or quick. And then the last one is flow, bound or free. So the flow component can be either bound or free. So that's a lot, but just to review. So we've got the eight efforts, which are all determined by the four components and the combinations of each of them, (laughs) space, weight, time, and flow. So if you have a combination lock and there's um, four little letters on there, Whatever the the combination of the four letters is unlocks a different effort. Mm -hmm. So, looking at the first effort, punch, which on my slideshow this is chocolate when he (laughs) when he like raises his fists up really quickly when he opens the door, his fists shoot up. It is a punch. So punches for the weight they're heavy. Yeah. For the space it's direct. Mm -hmm. For time it's quick, and for energy it's bound. Mm. So, obviously those things are all attributed to a punch. So if, if if you're listening right now, if you punch your arm in the air, is it heavy? Yeah. Is it direct? Yeah. Is it quick? Yeah. Is it bound? Yeah. So boom, you have a punch. Done. Easy. <laughs> Done. Now is press. So press is um the, the gif on this slideshow is SpongeBob in the kitchen when he finds out that Squidward likes pa- Krabby Patties and his face like presses <laughs> up into the top of his body and his eyeballs go to the very corner and the smile goes where his <laughs> eyes were. So that's a press. <laughs> Presses, like punches, are also heavy and direct and bound. The difference is that the time is sustained. So the component time, instead of being quick like a punch, is uh, sustained, making it a press. So punches and presses, really, presses are just slow motion punches. They're still heavy, they're still direct, they're still bound. Vocal health is incredibly important. Sometimes you get tired, you get allergies, you get overworked, and your voice suffers, which can really put a damper on your work as a singer, actor, or even public speaker. Vocal Mist can help with that. It's a portable nebulizer that uses an isotonic saline to make a cool mist that you inhale. It's been research proven to help the voice stay hydrated and working well. The Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer is a fast and easy way to keep your vocal cords healthy, give you better vocal stamina, and can mitigate damage from overuse. I have one of my own that I absolutely love, and if you use your voice in your artistic endeavors, I can't recommend this enough. Use the affiliate link in the show notes and get your Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer today. We're going to move a little quicker now to kind of get through the rest of these efforts. But uh, next we have Slash, which is super fun. Uh, This is when Patrick is dancing to the Victrola 
and like throwing his body around and like doing a bunch of dance moves with the purple tie. Mm-hmm. That's this one. So Slash <laughs> is like punch and press. It is heavy and it's bound. It is quick like a punch, but this is indirect mm-hmm. when, in regards to the space component. So imagine that I were going to um, punch my coffee mug right now. Instead of my fist being point A and the coffee cup being point B and me going directly to A and B, I'm first going to bring my fist to my own chest, point C, and then throw it up to the sky, point D, and then bring it back to the coffee cup, which is point B. So instead of punching my coffee cup, I have slashed my coffee cup. I still hit it heavily, quickly, and boundly, (laughs) uh, but it's indirect now, which makes it a slash. Now we have ring which is when SpongeBob smells something really gross and he like throws his body backwards and his face gets all scrunched um, and his hands, his elbows are up in like this weird angle and they're like by his face. Yeah, so that's a ring. <laughs> Rings are heavy, they're indirect, they're slow, and they're bound. This is one of my favorites to put in application and I'll kind of um, talk about that at the very end. But I know this is probably like crazy mind stuff. If you've never heard of this stuff before, your brain's probably exploding right now. So I'm just going to like super quickly read through the rest. Yep. So um, we have dab, which is SpongeBob dancing while he's tanning in caramel. Dabs are light, direct, quick, and free. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not like the, the TikTok Vine dab no. thing. Not that. Not TikTok. That's no. much newer. Now I'm showing mage. That's okay. Um, <laughs> bond, uh, glide, which mm-hmm. is the rainbow. Imagination. Imagination. That's a glide. Yeah. Glides are light, they're direct, they're slow, and they're free. Mm-hmm. Um, so glides are a lot like presses. They're direct and slow, but instead of being heavy and bound, it's light and free, yeah. which is a glide. Um, then we have flick, which is SpongeBob uh, with the flower petal on his face, throwing flowers on Squidward when Pearl's wanting to re-renovate the space. Um and so that's flick. And then we have float. Float is light, indirect, slow, and free, which this one is when Squidward is the gorgeous Squidward and he's floating through the air about to hit. And it looks like <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like that gorgeous music thing. Yes. Yes. So that is floating. <laughs> floating is light, indirect, slow, and free. And a lot of these things, all this, that's all the eight efforts. Yeah. A lot of them, when you break them down into these four components, weight, space, time, and energy or flow, it makes so much sense, but it just kind of takes a second to like analyze and think about um, what they all are. But once you know those eight efforts, um, it becomes much easier to utilize them easily. But also the words themselves tend to um, reflect what they are. So yeah. a punch, obviously a punch is going to be heavy, direct, quick, and bound. A glide, when you think about gliding, you're going to probably be light, direct, slow, and free. Um, but it's like sometimes there's a little difference between... Um, like the flick and float, one is quick and one is slow, just kind of remembering which is which. But mm-hmm. um, So putting these in practice, it, it was around like the 80s or 90s when um, American theater started to absorb Laban's efforts mm-hmm. into like, hey, this has been a thing in the dance world, but let's like, we can apply this to character study and character performance and development. And so, for example, um, <clears throat> If I was, um, if I just learned some really horrible news, my, my characters learned some awful news, and I'm really upset about it and angry, I might punch the desk. But if if uh, maybe somebody is there that I don't want to look so um, uh, out of control with, I don't want my time component to be so quick. I want to feel a little more controlled. So I might swap that quick for slow, and then it's a press. 
So then that becomes punching the desk, or from punching the desk, it now becomes putting my hands on the desk and slowly pressing my weight into it, which, yes, is still an expression of that anger that I've, for the news I've received, but it's a little more in control. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can apply that to everything. Like, um, if I'm super excited about seeing somebody on the street that my character hasn't seen in a long time, um, I might, uh, I might do a... A flick, which is light, indirect, quick, and free, like a throwing my hand up real quick. Oh, hey there! Yeah. Um, and so, so that's putting it in application. And I know you've you've done some um some of the exact same stuff with mm-hmm. your with your characters. What what is a an instance or a moment that you remember putting some of the stuff in application? So, um, I did a production of uh, Crazy for You, and there was a scene as uh the character is Angler. You have to be drunk on stage, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that in public. You can. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> and I had the mindset that instead of trying to be heavy, like a lot of people play um, drunk people, I decided to float, which was mm. lighter on my feet but still gave the look and tried to find a good balance to give that um, indirect feel to where make people think, okay, he's he's being drunk instead of... Um, it because sometimes you can act drunk and people are like, "Oh, sure. that doesn't look right." But I didn't yeah. have anybody say like, "You're acting too drunk." It was just like, "Yeah, that's great." So I was like, "Okay, it's working." Um, another instance within that role is at the beginning of the show. Uh, he's he's large and in charge with in his own right where he is. So a lot of what I was saying would be flicks. It was it was a quick statement to put somebody in their play or even a slash. To be like, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. We're doing this. Um, yeah. So it's it's fascinating to me that in learning the movements, you often can put it into your text as your character as well. It's not even just movement in your body. Something you say can be a punch. Something you, uh, a look you give can be a uh, a press or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's fascinating that it went from dance to even being applied to words. Yeah. Yes, and another thing that I um I love is what you said about it can be applied to a look, it can be applied to words. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, if, if we're talking about like, um, trying to play drunk, which yeah. is something it's, it's an art in itself, right? Like it's it's not always an easy thing because no. it's easy to pick out somebody who is bad at playing drunk, mm-hmm. and it's like obviously everybody in this space knows that you are not, and so it's that's something that's hard to kind of suspend disbelief on. Um, like if an audience is coming to see a show, like obviously they know that things aren't happening in mm-hmm. real life. They're going to suspend that disbelief. But when somebody's playing drunk, there's something about it that is so easy to get wrong that people don't want to buy into that suspension anymore. Exactly. And so it's difficult to get it right. And um, one thing that that um, one of our professors would always say is like, thing when it comes to playing drunk in particular, maybe we should just change the topic of the episode to playing drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when it comes to playing drunk, like, um, a lot of people try to play drunk, mm-hmm. but really, if you are drunk, you're trying to fight it. Yeah. And so then it becomes not about the drunk, but about fighting the drunk. Mm-hmm. So, so if people might slur their words, like uh, maybe they were floating their words, light, indirect, slow, and free. Mm-hmm. Like um, if I were going to say, I like this coffee, if I was going to float that, I like this coffee. <laughs> That's light, indirect, slow, and mm-hmm. free. Yeah. But maybe if I'm trying to sound uh, much soberer than I am, much more sober than I am, 
maybe I'd want to change that indirect to direct. Mm -hmm. And that would that could become a, a press. I really like this coffee. That works which too. Which sounds definitely affected, mm -hmm. but not quite overly um, indulgent in the, wow, look at me, I'm drunk. You exactly, yeah. And you can play around with applying it to, to phrases and the dialogue too, which I really love, which yep. is a whole different study in and of itself. Um, so that's kind of a crash course on the eight efforts. Mm -hmm. I know that is so much. And, and normally when I present this, I have all these visual aids and exercises that we do as we go to help people absorb all of this. So if you were listening and had no reference, like, I am so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but... Um, that's when you hire us to cut. No, <laughs> exactly. That's why we're here to come to you. Yes, yes. No, um, no. but just as a quick review, mm -hmm. um, and you can just look up the eight efforts and, mm -hmm. and the charts will pop up and stuff. But, um, but the eight efforts are punch, press, slash, ring, dab, glide, flick, and float. Mm -hmm. And the four components that are combined, like those combination blocks to create each of those things are weight, space, time, energy, um, or flow. Yep. And those things can be either heavy or light, direct or indirect, quick or slow, mm. bound or free. Mm. Um, so that's a crash course. I like you it. You can combine those and, and create some really cool things. And it's it's lovely to have these uh, tools in your toolbox and to have this in your vocabulary mm -hmm. so that you can discuss with, with directors or choreographers or whoever, like, hey, this is what I'm kind of thinking for this. True. Um, or they can present this to you like, hey, I need I need much more of, this I need this to be a ring. Mm -hmm. This can't this can't be a dab. It cannot be anything in the world of dabs. Yeah. It has to be ring. And you're like, okay, sure. I was gonna say, like having the vocabulary is so helpful. Whether you use it yourself or whether a director is asking for something, you might mm -hmm. be able to communicate. Okay, are you wanting a press movement or like a pull pulling sensation mm. from my character? What do what do you want? It is just a better way to talk about what the uh, the end picture is. And yeah. Um, when you st when you study movement in theater, you get into a topic of topography as well, mm -hmm. which oh, I thought yes. was fascinating. But within that subject, you know, okay, my character needs to go, as Easton was talking about, my character needs to go from point A to point B. How am I getting there? Is it a forward press? Am I pressing straight out of the door and trying to make a point that I'm leaving? Or, or mm. am I indirect because I'm frantically looking for something so it's i'm floating all over the place and flicking up objects and looking at things and dashing out the door or whatever it's it's yeah. it's really nice to have in the toolbox as we like to yeah. say um so yeah that's laban i love it <laughs> yeah that's laban hey um i think that's pretty much all i have for the episode. i think so this this is a yeah, nice short great. one enjoyed that everyone sure, a little quip <laughs> yeah great way to start the morning with a cup of coffee yeah Let's talk about the coffee. Yes, shall we? We shall. So uh, it was, um, there are a few different kinds that they had in the glass knife that I could buy. Hey. Um, and But this one looks super interesting. The packaging is very different because it's in partnership with Joan. Hey. Um, and it's different from all the different kinds that they had there. It's um, they, they rate their coffees on a scale of traditional to modern. Hey. Um, and this one is like pretty much all the way to modern. Nice. It's very, very unique. Um it's so floral, and the plum really came through. It's very bright. It's very honey. Even just smelling it, it smelled like a garden. Mm. It was so nice. I really appreciated how floral it was, and 
Um, I didn't get plum, but I got some kind of fruit. So that's really interesting. I really like it. But yeah, so that's um, that's Onyx Coffee. We're going to do another one of theirs here soon, probably mm. the next episode, depending Perfect. on how the release order current comes out. We'll see. But um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Easton, for all of your hard work with the uh, slideshow that you have and yeah. uh, the intense study that you have have put into finding a GIF from SpongeBob about every single movement. <laughs> and I personally have seen the slideshow. It's amazing. I love it. Coming up with this slideshow was maybe one of my favorite things I ever did right? in college. <laughs> I mean, who who else wants to look at SpongeBob GIFs all day? I know I would. Right. Um, <laughs> so I will get us out of here. Thank you so much for getting this far. Thank you for listening as always. And raise your mug if you have it. If not, raise it later. And just remember to be good beans and drink good beans. Have a good day, everyone. Have a good day. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.